Good morning, everyone. If I've not met you, my name is Dan Knust. I'm the high school pastor here at the church. We have two Pastor Dans at the church, so it's pretty easy to remember. Tanner throws everything off, so that's just how it works around here. So if I've not met you, um, it's nice to meet you this morning. Obviously, graduation Sunday is... Tanner spoke of earlier, so that's why I'm up here preaching today. Pastor Dan gives me usually when nobody shows up on Thanksgiving weekend and graduation Sunday, so there you go. But anyway, um, it's nice to see everyone this morning. Glad you guys made it to church. Hopefully, those of you that are not part of a graduation ceremony or have students at all that are graduating, um, you get something out of this morning's message as well. That's why we went to one service also, so we could do this one time, because forming a graduation message and sharing it with a second service, everybody's like, yeah, we graduated like decades ago. So anyway, glad you joined the family this morning for church. Um, graduates, I you're scattered all over the room. I love you guys. You know that. I don't think that's a surprise to any of you. And I, I proved my love this morning for you by wearing a suit and tie. So this morning, you have to listen to me. I have authority over your life for the first time in four years. So um, yeah, but graduates... Um, I'm proud of you guys. I love you guys with all my heart. You guys have done such a phenomenal job of staying in the fight over the years, 12 years of school, and some college graduates will be recognized this morning as well that are actually in the workforce already. But um, it's been a lot of work, and you guys could have given up along the way or thrown in the towel and graduated, but thrown in the towel mentally at the same time, and you did not. And I'm very proud of you guys for not giving up and not giving in, okay? It means a lot to me that you guys took the time to be here this morning even. I know families as well, friends and family are here. And some of you very for the very first time will get to hear me preach. That your students have put up with me for like four years, some of them two, but most of them four years, and you've never heard this. So you'll wonder why you allowed your kids to come to youth group for four years after I'm done with this this morning. So anyway, what I want to do this morning, I do want to congratulate parents because I've got three kids that are a little bit older now, and I remember what it was like through graduation parties and the graduation ceremony, and by the time you're done, you're almost numb. You get to the end of this, and you're like, I don't even know up from down. I've got emotions, but I don't know what to do with them. This morning, what I would encourage you guys to do, grandparents and parents especially, listen. Let God speak to your hearts, because not only are your students going into a new season of life, a new chapter of life, so are you guys. And I thought about this, I was praying just a few minutes ago, and I thought, you know, Lord, for a lot of people in this room today, things are going to look different after today. But God's not. We serve the same God who never changes, who is faithful to help us no matter what we do or what we go through. And that's what I want to do this morning. I prayed like crazy, and I thought, okay, these, these students have listened to me for a long time, and I don't think there's anything that I can tell them that they haven't already heard from me before. Other than this, I'm always here for you. You have my phone number, so no matter what the situation or circumstances, I'm always here. I'm a phone call away. But what I want to do this morning is I want to grab um, something out of Scripture and give you guys a little bit of wisdom to go off with this morning. Because I know a lot of commencement speeches are going to be about follow your heart, go chase your dreams, do, what, do whatever you think is out there for you to do, go conquer the world. I want you to do all those things except for one thing, don't follow your heart. I'm going to tell you this morning, according to what Solomon lays out for us in Proverbs chapter 4, if you have your Bibles turned there, Proverbs chapter 4 is where we will be this morning, but I'm going to tell you, do not follow your heart. But I think that's a message for all of us in the room to grab a hold of on a Sunday morning, is a good reminder not to follow our hearts, because every day we get up and we make decisions, moment by moment throughout the day sometimes, we're making decisions on what we should do with this thing we call life that's in front of us. And I'm going to tell everybody in the room, according to what Solomon says this morning, and ultimately if we really believe that scripture is God-breathed and inspired by God, if we don't follow this pattern of what we'll learn this morning, we're telling God no. 
We're not telling me no. We're not telling Solomon no. We're telling God no. But Solomon is considered one of the wisest men in Scripture in all of time. Solomon is considered one of the wisest. But we watch Solomon on the front end do it right. And he did well. But he got himself caught up in sexual immorality. And he went off and started chasing idols. And his life turned into a train wreck. So he didn't follow his own advice at times in his life. Parents, I think that's a big one for us this morning as we send our kids off to college. We have to know we serve the same God. And no matter what we go through and what happens, God will be there with us. But we need wisdom on how to parent our children going into the adult season of their life. That was the hardest time for me. But Solomon's going to give us wisdom this morning. But here's the deal. You don't have to follow it. Wisdom is defined this way. It's a glance at someone who defined it. It could be defined this way. A, a glance at someone who lives a wise life and has a skill for living well and practically doing things correct. There's nothing wrong with that definition of wisdom. But wisdom, another definition, a deeper defini definition is this understanding the things of God and having the right attitude toward God. I want you guys all to hear this part of this this morning because I think this is important. The attitude in which we have toward God depends on how we will live out this thing called wisdom. So your attitude should be one of fear. We should have a reverent fear toward God. And I believe if we do what we'll learn this morning, we will live out in response to having that reverent fear. I'm not talking about a fear that makes you run away. I'm talking about a fear that draws you near, but when you draw near, you are in awe of God. We sang songs and lifted our voices up this morning. We should be in awe of God this morning, of what he's done for us, how deep the Father's love for us, the extent that God went to to redeem you back into a relationship with him. Are you going to be as faithful to him as he's been to you? And I think what Solomon will show us this morning, when you get that definition of wisdom, the fear of the Lord that's what changes everything, and that's what leads us in the right direction. Simply put, Proverbs is a book of wisdom that is intended to make the reader wise. A book of wisdom that is intended to make the reader wise. Are you going to read it? If you don't read it and become wise, we live on instinct. And I don't want you guys going off to college living on your own instinct. It's going to destroy you. I don't want any of us to live that way because it will destroy you because our instinct is selfishness. And you will do what you want to do when you want to do it because you want to. That's a horribly bad way to live our lives. That's a bad rhythm. So it's, it's intended to give us wisdom. So here's the challenge I would lay before every kid going off to college in this room, every young adult going off to college in this room. Read the book of Proverbs. Read one chapter a day for 31 days when you get to college. There's your lesson plan. For us, if you're not in devotions in your Bible right now and you're not regularly reading, there's your, there's your homework. Read one chapter of Proverbs, one a day for 31 days. Not only will you get wisdom, you'll create the habit to get into that rhythm of reading Scripture and doing your devotions. Because when you go off to college, I promise you this, and I'll get into this a little bit more here in just a minute, your time is going to be sucked up immediately. Whatever, whatever habits you don't create when you get there, you're going to have to break habits you don't want to keep and change them down the road. When you get to college, you immediately get into Scripture, into a, a ministry of some sort on campus. Find a church that you can go to. Like we've talked about before, find a church ahead of time. If you know where you're going to college, you should already be looking for a church online, finding something that is doctrinally sound and has got good teaching and good preaching and is a good community. You should already be doing that. So that's what I would encourage you with. 
But Solomon says this to his son. I'm going to clean this up and say to your children, parents. So Solomon, Solomon says this to my, his son. I'm going to, this is my charge to the students in the room today, but to every one of us as well. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your hearts. See, we, when we do worship, I believe God's tilling the ground of our heart to receive the word, the seed that he's got for me today. So are you going to let this penetrate deeply into your heart today? That's the question. I don't care if you're a college student or if you're my age in this room. This, this morning, has to penetrate deeply into our hearts. Again, a, a, a parent can, can have a desire to, uh, to seek inst- and, and instill instruction in their students, into their kids. Moms and dads, as you're raising your kids, you can have a desire to give them instruction, to give them wisdom, to give them guidance, but they don't have to listen, do they? Ever had that happen where they look right at you and you know they're not listening to you? They're not even in the room. They're so far gone. I'll, I'll Wyoming night it for you a second. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. We can give our kids all the wisdom in the world, and we should continue to do so even when they don't listen because God's word never returns void. Never. I've looked at students over the years. for I've been doing this for 20, 21 years now with high school and junior high students. And you look at them, and you're like, I know you're not listening to me, but I know there's a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit of God is ministering to their heart and he will remind them of all the things they learned about Jesus when they go off to college, when they go off into the workplace, when we just get to give advice rather than having our thumb on them any longer. So we got to make sure we pay attention to that as well. So Proverbs, what I'm going to focus in on for the next few minutes is Proverbs chapter 4 verses 23 through 27. I'm going to read out of the NLT this morning. It's just got a better version of it. I like this one better. But again, pay attention this morning. And listen, and let this penetrate your heart. Proverbs 4, chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Those are good words for every person in this room that hears the sound of my voice that echoes what Solomon taught so long ago. This struck me too as I was putting all this together that everything we're going to talk about has to do with a body part. And if you believe what what 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that we've been bought with a price, a high price, and I'm a believer and I'm a Christian in this room, I don't belong to me anymore. I am not mine. I am his and I will live in such a manner that will bring him glory by his grace because I'm willing to do what the scripture says. Is it going to be easy? No. We all know. All of us that are older in this room would tell the younger people in this room, it's going to get harder. It doesn't get easier. I know you think high school is the worst experience you've ever had in your life and it's hard and you don't know how you got through it and it is. And I agree. But you're going off to college and the jail door's been open. It's all you now. You can do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, because there's no mom or dad there watching over you. But there is a father, and that father loves you, and he gave himself for you, and that should make a difference to you when you read the word. There should be a different response to how we do this. So let's break this down. The first point is this, a clean heart. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We have to guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. We have to make sure that we protect what we take in. The heart is a symbol of our inner hidden life, and we live that out from that inner part of us. It's basically the control center of our, of our lives. Our hearts control what we do. Everything flows out of the wellspring of my heart. So we've got to make sure that we're guarding our heart. You guys, when you go to college, oh my gosh, look at me. Guard your heart. Fight for your faith. You've done it all the way through high school. Don't stop now. Continue on. You think, well, I'm my own man or I'm my own woman and I'm going to go do what I want to do. Then you're going to be destroyed. Spiritually, you will lose yourself. You fight for yourself. You go off to college and you determine before you ever go the type of man or woman that you're going to be when you get there because everybody there is going to try to tell you it's a lie. Everybody there is going to tell you that what you've learned over the last years in youth group and in church, that's not true. I was talking to somebody at Sportsman's Warehouse yesterday and they were shocked when their kid went off to college. Listen to me. They raised this young man, a Christian, and they were shocked at how fast that person lost their faith when they got to college. It's the quandary we're then, though, isn't it, as parents? We send our kids off to kindergarten when they're this tall, saying, trust the one that teaches you. Are we not? And then when they go off to college, we've taught them, trust the one that's teaching you, and they do. And they get lost, but you don't have to. You don't have to give in to the nonsense of the world. You don't have to do that. The heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah says, and it's beyond cure. Who can understand it? The only way your heart can be right, and this is not a newsflash. Everybody knows this. The only way your heart can be right is to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? You've got to be a new creation. You, if you're in this room and you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Go off and live that way. And then you've got the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in your heart to remind you of all the things that you've learned, to confirm all these things to your heart. You come into agreement with that. Don't disagree with that. So we must strive to keep our hearts and minds guarded and kept clean. Psalm 24, 3 through 4 says this, Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in the holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Your pure heart is linked to one thing, your behavior. The condition of your heart will reveal the behavior of your life every single time. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. The heart determines what we are, who we are, and therefore how we act. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And I'm going to challenge you guys, and I've told you this for years. You're going to go off to institutions that tell you there is no God. And they'll try to prove it to you. By the things that have happened to you through your high school experience, they'll say, see, if God was there, if he was good, it wouldn't have happened. A fool in his heart says there is no God. Don't you dare buy into that lie. Don't you dare let them tell you that that's true, because it's not. You're going to have to sit at their feet. You're going to have to get an education, but you do not have to believe what they teach. You look at Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon. They, didn't, they had to, Daniel serve the kings. They changed their names trying to get them to assimilate to what they were walking into. But they didn't because they never forgot who they really are in their heart before Christ. But you got to ask yourself when you go off to college, am I living like a fool? Am I living, and that's for everybody in this room, including me, am I living like a fool? Am I living like I believe in my heart there is no God? I say I'm a believer. I, I, I go to church on Sundays 
But the way I live my life, I'm living it like a fool. I'm living in a manner that I don't think there's a God, the way I behave. So when you go off or you go to work or you get out of this room today, act like you know God and act like there is a God. We cannot pollute the wellspring of our life, you guys. You can't do it. I don't care what age we are. We cannot pollute the wellspring of our life because that infection will become sin and that sin will become public and there will be shame with that and that ruins our testimony before Christ. Your heart is not trustworthy. It's just not. My heart is not trustworthy. I love God with all my heart. But if I did what I wanted to do and not what God wanted me to do, you would not see the same Dan standing up here and the same Dan that you've put up with for the last several years of your life. Because I don't trust my heart. I trust God. Therefore, I follow God and lead my heart. You guys picking up what I'm laying down? You follow God and you make a choice to lead your heart. I've told you guys forever that Christianity, it's about living about what's been done, not to do something. But we have work to do. And one of the things we have to do is choose to follow God and guard my heart and lead my heart. Make my heart do what God wants it to do, not what I want it to do. And it takes work and it takes effort to do that. The second point is this, a cautious mouth. I got to get this done quickly because I'm running out of time. Our mouths reveal what's in our heart. Do you know that? I can prove it to you. Everybody in the room, if I had everybody stand up that went like, I can't believe I just said that. Hello? See, and what we want to do, we want to make sure the behavior is different. We want to make sure that we change the behavior because we want to say, look, little Johnny, you can't behave that way. So we try to get little Johnny to do behavior-based modification rather than changing his heart. It's our hearts that matter. When you speak something, it reveals what's in your heart. A person can get themselves in all kinds of trouble. And whenever you speak perverse or evil things, and I'm talking about our language, whenever that comes from somewhere deep down inside that we may not even recognize, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, you can. Don't try to change your behavior, please. Stop that. Change this. You change your heart and the behavior will follow it. I, I don't have to promise. The Bible tells us that. So we got to make sure we're doing that. Your input will influence the condition of your heart. So you've got to make sure there's two ways that we get things into our heart, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not that bright to begin with, but it's through my eyeballs and through my ears. That's the intake into this. That's what's going to influence this. And the more I watch and the more I listen to stuff that is dark, evil, and and maybe not even dark, evil, like murder, things like, but things that don't have to do with God. Don't sit at the seat of scoffers and watch the things they're trying to teach you because it'll be subtle. It'll be quiet and easy. You'll be thinking, well, that's not that bad. That's not that big a deal. But what is it doing to the condition of your heart? That's for everybody in this room, including me. What are you watching on television? What music are you listening to? Who are you hanging around with outside of time from work or school? Those things are going to impact the condition of your heart. Ladies, this one's for you. I'm going to share a scripture with you, and then I'm going to challenge you, and I'll get to the guys in just a minute, okay? Um, Matthew 12, 36 says this, but I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they will give an accounting for on the day of judgment. That scares me to death. Every careless word we speak, I'm going to give an accounting for on the day of judgment. Anybody else in the room trembling besides me? Every day? Careless words are words that don't build up, in my opinion. Careless words are words that tear down. Careless words are words that don't honor God. 
Is your language, is the way you're speaking to one another honoring God? Because if it's not, you're speaking carelessly because you're speaking out of the selfishness of your own heart. Make sense? It's not rocket science. If I can understand it, I know it's not rocket science, okay? But we got to make sure we get a rhythm for this. Ladies, don't gossip. Say it again. I don't even have to talk to you. I worked with, with female students for a long time, and I know gossip's a big deal for you ladies. Men get caught up in it, but ladies are horribly bad with this. Don't gossip. You know why? Because God hates it. God does not like it because it does not bring him any glory. So when you go off to college and you go to live the life that you're going to live, you make sure you get in a manner and a rhythm of making sure you honor God with the voice he gave you. Remember when you have a little, I got a little big grandson named Isaac. He hasn't started talking yet, but he started making noise. And could you, I can't imagine holding Isaac and him dropping a load of cuss words at me. What do we try to, we try to get our kids to talk, don't we? We try to get, say dada, say mama. We want the little baby to speak. Why do we, why do we expect that child to speak? Because it's a gift from God. Our voices, being able to speak is a gift from God. What are you doing with it? We have to make sure that we have a cautious mouth. Our mouths reveal what's in our heart. We cannot go off the rails. And Solomon did something with his voice. When he first got to know God and he took over for his, his father David, he asked God, give me wisdom and knowledge to lead your people. As he was talking to God, he prayed that God would give him wisdom and knowledge. So why not use your voices in that manner? When you go off to college, how about you pray, Lord, I need wisdom and knowledge to hang on to my relationship with, with you as I walk through this college experience. How about you do that with your voices? How about you pray and you ask God to help you there? People think they can control their speech when they want to. Do you know that? We, we're actually, the Bible refers to us as sheep. I think there's a reason for that because we're actually, I'm going to be nice, we're actually believe, we actually believe that we can control our tongue. The Bible doesn't say we can. Watch this. In James, it says this, and among the parts of our body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is, the, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body, and you think you can control it. Watch this, though. What do we do about this? If James says we can't control our tongue, but the tongue reveals what's in our heart, what should we do about this then? We should do what Luke 6.45 says, a good man stores up good things, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. It's not rocket science again, right? Good, evil. You store up evil in your heart, when you're squeezed, guess what's coming out? All ages, listen to me. Life's hard, and there's a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of stress. And when you get squeezed, what comes out? That's when you go, I can't believe I said that. Really? Then do something about it. And it's not your behavior, it's your heart. What are you storing up? Because he goes on to say, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. He who guards his lips, Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his lips, guards his life. He who guards his lips, guards his life. But he who speaks rashly comes to ruin. The third point is this, a controlled eye. Our eyes influence our heart, just exactly like we talked about. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. A great deal of temptation in our life is right before us through our eyes, isn't it? Right? We're going to be tempted all the time through our eyeballs. That's exactly how everything seems to work. Through our ears, yes, but a lot through our eyes. And we got to make sure that we don't gaze upon things that are provocative and lustful. And I'm not talking just about sexual stuff. I'm talking about success. 
I'm talking about achievement. I'm talking about I'm going to reach out and take something that doesn't belong to me. That's lust. I'm going to reach out and take it and grab it and make it mine, and it's not mine to grab. That's the definition of lust. So you have to ask yourselves, is it the toys you're buying from your job that you have money on? I'm going to reach out because I want it. I'm going to reach out and grab it. I'm going to lust after it. When I shouldn't be lusting after it, I should be waiting on it. I should be waiting for the next good thing. So lust comes in several different things, but really it's the, it's the law of first mention where you see Satan doing this to Eve. Eve would not got herself in trouble, and Adam wouldn't have went down that path, but what Eve did is she, it says she gazed upon it. She gazed upon the fruit, and that's where she went wrong. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and pride of life. That's where that comes into play. And Satan has not changed his tactics a lick. He gets us, doesn't he? Fellows, look at me. It's your turn. You ready? He gets us, doesn't he? We see a pretty lady or we see something sexual on television, it captures you, doesn't it? And you have a choice to make at that moment. It's not wrong that you noticed. It's wrong that you gaze upon. David and Bathsheba is a great example of that. It says David went out on the rooftop. He was, when the kings were off to war, David stayed home. He was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. Went out on the rooftop, walking around, he saw Bathsheba. It's because he saw Bathsheba did not make it wrong. But then he realized and he noticed her beauty. So when we're looking at things in life, when we go off to college and we start to get ourselves in lust and our eyes start to take control, what we're looking at will influence my heart. I promise you it will. So what you need to do is you need to do like Job and you need to say in Job 31, he said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully upon a woman. Men, that covenant is something that we need to work our hind ends off in life. Yes? It's hard, isn't it? When you're walking down the sidewalk with your girlfriend or your wife and all of a sudden you see something, you have to make a choice. No, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman lustfully. Listen, not even to think. King James says not even to think about a woman lustfully. So if you're fighting with that, it's not your behavior. Should you do different things? Should you put safeguards in place? Absolutely. Should you put guards on your computers? Absolutely. On your phones? Whatever it takes. Yes, do that. But it's not about your behavior. It's about the condition of your heart. If my heart follows Christ, I don't get myself caught up in those things. Those things, And then I don't have to go back and apologize and beg him to forgive me for what I've done again. Got to make sure we're taking care of that. It's almost like when you, when you see horse races, the, the, the derby and preakness and all that's been going on. They got those blinders on, right? The horses? They got the blinders up? Fellas, put blinders on. And my blinders are on my wife, yes. But my blinders are on Christ. Because it says, keep your eyes fixed on what lies before you. Think about your life for a second, okay? Just for a minute. What lies before you? As you walk throughout your day, what is in front of you all the time? And I would like to think it would be Jesus. So make sure, do what our Psalm 119.37 says, turn your eyes, it says, turn my eyes, Lord, from looking at worthless things and give me, give me life in your ways. So don't help me, keep me from looking at worthless things. Keep me from getting off track and help me to live in your ways. The last thing is this, a careful foot. A careful foot guards the direction of our hearts. This is a big one, you guys. I really believe it, it says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that safe path. Do not get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I'm gonna give you four things real quick and then we'll close. Have a planned walk. In your life, you have to have a planned walk. And everybody needs to know this. That happens every single day. I have a planned walk. I have an intentional walk in my life. And my walk is walking with Jesus. 
Two, two people cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. And if I'm not in agreement with God that I'm flesh and he's God and I need to walk with him, I'm going to get lost. So have your walk. Be intentional. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet on the straight and narrow. A perfect walk. So you got a planned walk and a perfect walk. Don't get sidetracked. That's another one. You got, you got to make sure that you don't get sidetracked. You got to make sure that your walk is protected. Keep your feet from following evil, please. You have to protect yourself, you guys, because you have a supernatural enemy who is trying to devour you. Do you understand? All the college students and high schoolers look at me. Look at me. This is a big one. You have to have a protected walk from now and forever because you have someone who is trying to steal your relationship with God and to get you to forget God. And if you're not willing to protect it, it's going to change everything. And then that protected walk will lead you in this manner, 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the name of the Lord. So you flee youthful lust. Men, look at me. Everybody in here who has gray hairs, man, look at me. You need to flee youthful lusts. That's not just for the young guys. That's for us. We have to flee youthful lust, and then we have to be around people who have a pure heart and are walking with God. If you are walking in the ways of wisdom, God promises, God promises to protect your path. He will direct your path, and he will perfect your path, but it's up to you, the heart that you're going to have. Are you going to be willing to guard your heart? That's the question that lies before you, and I'm going to close again with this. Your heart is not trustworthy. God is. So you follow God and you lead your heart into this next chapter of your life and life will be a wonderful thing for you because the Holy Spirit of God is faithful to help you along the way. So what I want to do now is I want all the, if I can, we're going to close the service with just a little bit different this year. I'm going to have all the high school and college graduates while this video is playing. If you'd turn your attention to the screen, I want all the high school and college graduates to come on this side of the room right over here and line up if you would. And Brian will give you a gift. Come up on the stage. We'll have you say name, rank, serial number, your name, where you went to school and what your plans are. And then we'll wrap up the service here in just a couple minutes. So if all of the, all the other people in the room would turn your attention toward the screen, we would appreciate that.
your brother wanted me to have you stand right there so he could see you on the screen. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm Zoe Worthen, and I managed to graduate from the University of Wyoming in three years with highest honors in grades. Um, right now, I'm planning to go to the master's program at the University of Wyoming, and that's only a year. And for the summer, I'm heading up to Alaska with Next Step Ministries as for an internship on their staff, and I will be helping lead worship and kids in the community. Just stand right back here. Hello. My name is Tim Verberg. I graduated from Campbell County High School, and I plan on going to the University of Wyoming to study kinesiology. Hello, I'm Will Miller, and I also graduated from Campbell County High School. And my plans are to go to Dickinson State University in North Dakota this fall and uh, study sports management while playing football. So, I'm Hunter Henderson. I also graduated from Campbell County High School. I uh, am going to Haver, Montana, the MSU Northern, and I'll study egg mechanics. Uh, my name is Chris Sullivan. Um, I'm also a graduate from Campbell County High School. I'm going to stay here for a couple years, and I'm going to planning on becoming an electrician. I'm Cassie Hayes. I graduated from Thunder Basin High School. I'm going to go here and get my health science, and then LCCC for radiology. I think that's the shortest you've ever talked. Uh, my name is Taylor Hamilton. I will be graduating from Thunder Basin, and I'm going to go to Sheridan uh, to go into nursing. I'm Delana Junt, and I'm going to stay here for one more year to finish up my associates, and then I'm going to head off to pursue a veterinary career. Um, I'm Kylie Christensen. I graduated from the University of Wyoming with my bachelor's in nursing, and I plan to continue at the hospital as a med surgeon so I can pay my bills. <laughs> there's, always, there's always one, let's see, do I got this one? There's always one in the group that has like the longest term she's put up with me. It's this one. I've known Kylie <laughs> since the seventh grade, and now she's graduated college. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I uh, graduated from the University of Wyoming with my elementary education degree, and now I'm going to work here as the children's director. So you're going to put up with me longer. <laughs> yeah, but now as Pastor Dan says, I can fire you if I want to. <laughs> my name is Dylan Brown, and I am going to Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion to study biblical and theological studies to be a pastor one day. I'm going to talk to them for just a second, so don't pay any attention. I love you guys. 
And I just, I want you to know this much right here. Um, follow God. You guys continue. I've watched you guys, even Zoe and Kylie and Kylie, the college students, I've watched you guys fight for your faith over the years. And I never want you to quit fighting. Christianity is a battle, and it's going to be a fight. When you guys go off into the workplace or go off to college or wherever it is, you have to know this. God loves you, but he wants you to walk with him. He wants you to follow in his ways. And you guys listen to me. Don't buy into the lies that they're going to tell you when you go to college, even Christian college, because they will tell you things that are not accurate and not true. Pastor Dan and I and Tanner have done our best to raise you guys up biblically to have sound doctrine. So I want you to follow God with all your heart. That's, and when you get off track, and you will, and you're going to make mistakes because you're young, and you're going to do things that don't honor God at times. You repent, you turn your heart back to him, and you keep walking with him. And you know all the, all the leaders in small group, and Kylie and Kylie are two of those leaders, and so has been, Zoe's been the same way. You guys all know we're here for you. This doesn't stop here. This continues on for the rest of your life. And you have our phone numbers, and that's the best gift that we can give you are our phone numbers and our time. And when you run into the wall, and you're going to, because you're human, I want you to call. You never hesitate. If, if you want to live a life of obedience, I believe it looks like this. If you're living a life at college or wherever you're at, and all of a sudden you feel like, you know what, I should call Brian or Kylie or Dan, I want you to call. Even if we don't answer, I want you to call. You know why? Because God's the one that laid that on your heart. And that's, that's living a life of obedience. When God speaks to you and he says something to you, just listen to him. Don't negotiate with him. He's good and he loves you. And he has been faithful all the years of your life up to this point. And I want you to continue to do that. So you have my phone number. That's the best gift I can give you. And as long as I'm on this side of heaven, I'm here for you guys. And that, no matter what you do, that never changes. Make sense? Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to close in worship, but what I want to like all you guys to do is kind of come stand right down here in the mosh pit, if you would. So we're going to stand on our feet. We're going to close in worship, but here's what I want to do. Right after we're done worshiping, I'm going to have all the friends and family, whoever wants to come forward, and grandparents, parents, and lay hands on your students or lay hands on these kids, and I'll close this in prayer. So we'll worship first. At the end of the song, you guys feel free to come forward and lay hands on these students, and we'll cast them off into their future in the next chapter in Christ, okay? Live, live. 
everyone spread out just a little bit here. If anybody wants to come forward, lay hands on these students real quick. Friends, parents, grandparents, please do so. We'll give you a minute to get up here to the front, and then I'll pray, and we'll be closed, and we'll close our service. Guys, just make room up here wherever you need to in the front. It has been an absolute privilege to lead you guys spiritually but it doesn't end here I look forward to what God's going to do in your lives I want you guys to go out and do great things for Christ I want you to go chase your dreams I want you to do wonderful things I want you to, to just impact the world for Christ but follow God and lead your heart and you'll be able to do that parents, grandparents, look at me I want you to know that my number is for you as well because I know this is hard when we when we turn our kids loose into a world that wants to destroy them, it's tough. So I want you guys to know I'm here for you as well. No matter when you want to call, night or day, just to say, man, I don't know what to do because this stage was the hardest part of parenting for me is what you're walking into as well. So my number is there for you as well. Thank you for allowing me and all the leaders in our high school room to have a part just to be part of the story of your kids' lives. It has meant a ton to us that you trusted us with them. So thank you. So, But my number is yours as well. But what a privilege it's been. And what a journey God's got for you guys. I'm telling you, God's got wonderful things planned for you guys. I want you to do this so you keep your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith. And just watch what God will do with you in this world. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And I am so humble and so grateful, Lord, to be standing before this group of people this morning and before you. Lord, I've often said, and you know this, what a privilege it is that you give us an opportunity to speak in the lives of these children, these students, for so many years. But Lord, I also know what it's like to be a parent and a grandparent, and what a privilege it is, and what an honor it is that you've allowed these parents and these grandparents to be a part of these kids' lives, that you trusted these, these young children, these young adults now, into their hands. And raising kids, Lord, as you know, is the hardest thing we'll ever do. But it's got the most joy and the most reward. And I know these, these parents and grandparents are just proud of them. But I also know, Lord, that it's time that they release them into your hands. Man, Lord, I know how hard that is. But you're trustworthy. And if we guard our hearts as well, and we release them into your care and into your trust, knowing that you're with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we know, Lord, that you're always at work and you're faithful to speak to these students' hearts. Speak to the parents and the grandparents as well. Let them know, Lord, that you're there. Let them know, Lord, that you're in the midst of whatever their kids might be going through. Because we can trust you with the most precious gift you've given us. And that's our kids. So, Father, we love you. Praise you. And I just just pray over these students now that you would use them. Isaiah made a comment, who will go? And he said, Lord, send me. No matter what vocation, what experience these kids have, I pray that they go for you, that they go for your glory, and they remember they do it by your grace. Guide them, grow them, lead them, help them, train them. Keep a hold of them, Lord. Hold them tight and don't let them go. May they hold on to your hand forever and ever. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. You are dismissed, everyone. Have a great day.